Hey, hey, hi, LinkedIn. And we are live on Facebook as well now. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Fanny Dunnigan. Welcome to my live show. I cannot wait to share my guests with you today. It's going to be a super unique and exciting and fun session today. And uh, let's see who is on right now. Oh, wow. Awesome. Hey, Pam. Great to see you. Yana, thank you for tuning in from Dallas. Jennifer Beats, always great to see you from Winnipeg, Canada. Hey, hey, one of my guests played in the CFL in uh, Winnipeg, Canada, I think. So it is so good to see you all. Yolanda, welcome, welcome. Clark, hello, Clark. How's it going? Welcome. Lizette, welcome. Lizette, sorry. <laughs> welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. So glad you could join me. And we are going to have a really cool show today. And feel free to also network with everyone in the comments. I always say this is a great way to meet other people in the community, share with people what your expertise is, let them know what you do in the comments, in the feed, and feel free to network and connect with each other as well. I want this to be a community where people can meet each other, learn from each other, exchange ideas, and really collaborate and connect. So please network in the comments and feel free to reach out to each other. And as I do every week, I start with a content tip of the week. And this week, I wanted to talk about refreshing your content. Because I got to a point where I had reached, this is going to be my 20th LinkedIn Live show. And I thought it would be time to freshen up the look of the show and freshen up the feel of the show. And so I decided to change a lot of my graphics and my promotional items. So whenever you feel like your content is getting a little stale, for the lack of a word, or you're getting a little bored with it, I want you to consider different ways to refresh your content. And one of the things you could do is change up your colors or do a different color scheme, change up your fonts and different styles of fonts. You could also change up graphics, right? Make a new fresh look for your content and as well, new topics. Even if you're in HR, let's say you've been talking about talent management, so maybe switch up to another passion of yours and maybe that's all about employee engagement and so forth. So think about starting a new series of topics for your content. And then also switch up your formats. Maybe you're used to doing text posts, switch it up to images or switch it up to videos or PDFs. So whenever you feel like you're a little lost for inspiration or you feel like your content is getting a little redundant or repetitive, switch it up and refresh it with new colors, new fonts, new styles, new formats, and new topics. And that's my content tip of the week. Okay, I am so excited to be welcoming my guests. We are going to talk about career transformations. There are a lot of people right now that are going through a lot of career changes due to COVID-19 and the pandemic. 
And I think this is a very timely topic. And I recently got on the podcasts of these guys. And it was fascinating. They have devoted a podcast and whole series all around developing one's perspective. And we have a variety. There's going to be three of them. This is my first panel on my LinkedIn live show. And so we're going to talk all about career transformations, business, HR, and football. And football, because two of them are former CFL and NFL players. And so without further ado, please help me as I welcome them in. So first, I want to introduce you to Javier Collins, VP of Strategic Partnerships at Drafter and former NFL player. Welcome, Javier. Thank uh, you thank for you, joining. <laughs> and then here. we have... Now, Rombi Bryant, VP of NFL Alumni Association Dallas Chapter. Welcome, Rombi. Hey, Welcome. hey. Yeah, here's <laughs> somebody you. from the peg. <laughs> yes, Jennifer Beats from the peg. What's up, Jennifer? <laughs> A Canadian. I'm still waiting for you to say A. Hey. A. There you go. Hey. <laughs> and then, last but not least, dear friend and HR executive. Salvador Vergara. Hello, Sal. Welcome. Hey, guys. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on the show. And we have a ton of guests um, on and a ton of people in the audience as well. So why don't we go around real quick. Sal, why don't you introduce kind of your background? Because today's topic is all around transformations. So if you can give us a quick background of your your highlight reel of your career and how you've kind of gone through several iterations and transformations yourself. Sure. Appreciate it. First off, thanks for having us. We uh, had an awfully good time with you on our show. So uh, thanks Absolutely. for this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm Sal Vergara. I'm the vice president managing director for a company called HRQ. Um, back years ago when I uh, graduated from A&M, and this is typically where Rombi says an A&M joke is uh, typically <laughs> what happens when I say that. Uh, yes. but, uh, after I graduated from A&M, um, I became a mortgage banker. So I was actually a mortgage banker for uh, about 14 years. Uh, and I actually exited the industry in about 2008 when the uh, industry imploded, as you guys all remember. Um, and I, I took that leap of faith, as, as a lot of folks do. Some folks are doing it right now in the midst of uh, COVID. Um, took a leap of faith into the uh, talent acquisition recruiting space, uh, started at the bottom rung, just started all over again. And uh, 12 years later, I'm here uh, uh, here on Fanny's show and uh, with a great company. Uh, and You've then, arrived, Sal. Finally, it's critical. So uh, talent acquisition HR space, I've been in, in it for about 12 years now, work for a wonderful, wonderful company, uh, HRQ. We're a division of another company called Landrum, Landrum HR to Pensacola, Florida. Uh, and I've got about, I don't know, 26 years of consult consultative sales and business development experience. So that's kind of the uh, the evolution of my career. And, um, you know, I help organizations elevate their, their people function by providing uh, world-class professionals on a full-time interim or um, consultative basis uh, uh, and guidance. So, uh, we help companies all over the country and um, glad to be part of the show and, and try to convey and uh, articulate some of the things that we talk about on our show. Awesome. Thank you, Sal. 
And then Rombi, please in, please tell the audience about your background. You've quite you've had quite a career. Yes, I did. So my background is as you touched on it earlier. I played in the NFL and CFL. I played three years in the NFL, one year NFL Europe, and seven years in Canada. I retired in 2015 and got into the insurance industry. And now I'm currently working for uh, First United Bank in their insurance department. And uh, most recently, I just graduated from SMU, get my master's in dispute resolution and conflict management. And I'm also the vice president of the NFL alumni Dallas chapter. Wow. You, you got all the boxes checked. <laughs> <laughs> Sports and a variety of careers. That's awesome. Thank you, Rombi. And then Javier, please share with us your career transitions throughout your career. Uh, sure thing, Fanny. And I uh, just want to say thanks again for having us. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. So, uh, yeah, my transition actually started with uh, my career path through the NFL. Uh, like Rombi, I'm a former uh, NFL athlete <clears throat> and that lifestyle doesn't really last that long. So my career was, uh, wasn't the longest, but definitely wasn't the shortest career, but it goes fast. And I had to learn fast about the concept of transition and transformation. So that has taken me from uh, corp to uh, uh, mainstream corporate America jobs in the finance industry, uh, all the way to um, nonprofit and even volunteering and figuring out what my own transformation will look like. So currently, uh, I have the fine opportunity of being the uh, vice president of uh, strategic partnerships with uh, Drafter. And uh, it's an awesome opportunity to be a part of uh, a really special group, a really special company that is doing big things within the marketing and branding space. So looking forward to this conversation. I got my guys here. We're ready to go. <laughs> awesome. And just a little background, and we'll talk about it a bit more later, but one of the reasons all three of you got together was, I guess, a common goal of wanting to share about career perspectives and life perspectives. And you guys have a podcast that's going to be launching and dropping this week, right? Next week. Next week. Okay. Awesome. Mm. Awesome. So we'll definitely talk about that. Um, but let's kind of kick things off. And, you know, a, a big part of why I was so curious about your transformations is, especially for you two, Rambi and Javier, going from the world of sports, right, to business, right? Like you said, it's, you know, the world of sports is for a season for a temporary part of your life. And, and then after that, there is the next season of business and career and another avenue, um, in your case, Rambi education, right? So Rambi, what was probably some of your biggest challenges when you transitioned out of sports and into the business world? Yeah, uh, so you most football players, most of us, we play football since we are in Pop Warner, since we we're in grade school. So we identify with football early on in our life. And then if you play through, if you have a professional career like Javier and I, so you play 20 plus years of just football. So you, that's all you identify with. 
So when you transition out of football, you you lose a part of you. And at that time, when I transitioned out, I would say the hardest thing for me was finding my purpose because my purpose was in football. And that's all I knew was football. <clears throat> so getting out, trying to find what I really want to do in life yeah. and civilian life, it yeah. was it was tough because I lost a, I lost a part of me. I lost my identity at that time because I thought it was football. Mm. Are you able to anticipate that though? Like, you know, there's like an end coming, but at the yeah. same time, are you but, starting to think about it or it doesn't actually come till you don't actually have to face it till, till the end of that, that transition or that season? Well, I was, I was thinking about it. So the last three years of my career, mm. I was, I had off season jobs, but still i didn't think my career was going to end because, I mean, the coaches teach you that they tell you and Javier can contest this. They, they tell you to have on your blinders and just concentrate on getting that championship trophy. And that's all they want you to concentrate on. So if you going in, I mean, back then I was thinking, if I'm thinking about transitioning and in the football, that's going to, that's going to impact how I play on the field. I'm not going to be 100% there. So I I still was a bit surprised when my career came to an end. Mm -hmm. And uh, although I didn't get cut, my contract came to an end, the team. And I told myself that the team that I last played for, the, the, if they don't offer me or want me, I'm going to retire. So it was mm -hmm. kind of a knee jerk reaction because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I could have went back and played maybe a year or two back up in the CFL. Mm -hmm. But I decided to retire because yeah. I didn't want to go back and fight for a spot. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that was quite the decision. Yeah. So I would say me finding my purpose. Mm. What about you, Javier? Like what, what was probably your biggest challenge in transitioning out of, out of football? Yeah. And that's such a great story by Rondi. You really touched on a lot of interesting mm -hmm. facts about what that transition looks like in, um, so ideally, it's you want to start the transition like day one, right? This is what we learned in hindsight. So day one is technically when that transition out of that lifestyle begins. But to Rami's point, uh, individuals who uh, end up making it to that level, they put in 15, 20, 23 years in the sport already. So it just becomes it just becomes a part of you, right? It just becomes your identity. And for me, that was, uh, in looking back, that's the biggest challenge, similar to what Robbie spoke to. But, you know, knowing what I know now is that every transition or every transformation has a defined process to it. So part of that process or the first step of that process is understanding how to, how to let go, understanding how to be okay with no longer being an athlete. I really, I think Rombi has a phenomenal story. Um, what I hear is that him, he uh, left uh, the sport on his terms. He, he retired for the most part. In many cases, uh, that's, not, that's not what happens at all. Ah. Uh, in many cases, uh, it's the, the sport is leaving the player's life, right? Mm. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm, my era and Rombi's era is from the pre- um, uh, concussive and cumulative head trauma, um, the whole 
concussion episode that came out of 2011. So the game was a little bit different. Yeah. Today's players are a little bit more smarter and they're a little bit and they're more uh, proactive and more assertive about their careers. And, you know, you're hearing about players who are retiring because of their concerns with community head trauma. Yeah. Totally understandable. Um, but the era that that football once was is, you know, that transition was pretty much on your own. So in hindsight, um, one of the biggest things that I would have corrected is understanding or having someone bestow upon me mm. the understanding of mm. how to handle that transition, how to be okay with the fact that I'm no longer this identity that I spent so many years in. Yeah. And I think that with the, the, the habits and the tools that athletes develop, you know, they can figure, they can figure the next steps out, but understanding that, you know, transitioning or trans transforming from one state into another is a process. Yeah. And it takes steps. So, yeah, those steps are, are what's gold right now and it's missing. So it's a good opportunity for it. And we define so much of ourselves by our jobs, right? And in this case, your job was a professional footballer. And Sal, even for this, the corporate world, right, that you come from HR, we define ourselves so much by, oh, we're director of marketing or we're an HR executive, Right. And yeah. you help a lot of folks with their transitions um, in HR executive executives and a variety of HR professionals. So what are some of the things that you've seen or, or mistakes that people have made when they're transitioning out of a career and into a new one? Sure. There's uh, and, you know, you add COVID. Uh, yeah. To the, it, it adds a lot of complexity and nuance to uh, what's already a difficult can be a difficult and vulnerable position for a lot of folks. Um, we like to use the word transform, me and the guys, and, and uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the In Transformation Network that uh, I created here in Dallas. And I use the, the term transformation uh, also because the guys, these guys I talked to that in transition, that word in transition doesn't necessarily um, harbor positive thoughts. Uh, for a player that, that sometimes means the next phase of their life, leaving the sport, which is a difficult uh, decision to make. Uh, and then for folks who are in business, just in life, transition can be uh, a negative connotation. So transform, uh, uh, the word transform is, I, I think, more um, more positive, And it really is more descriptive in that you are transforming every aspect of your life, both personally and professionally. So yeah. mistakes that I see are, are, are quite a bit. I talk to a lot of uh, senior level HR professionals uh, across the U.S. and uh, I'll go through the mistakes and then I'll go through some advice that I, I think. Please. That, yeah. Know, based on my experience. We've uh, really seen it all. Yeah. And this really doesn't matter if you are entry level or a CHRO. This this applies to everyone. And uh, uh, not having a solid what I call a personal value proposition or, or an elevator pitch is a lot. A lot of folks like to uh, to reference it. Uh, so not having a solid uh, PVP or uh, elevator pitch is critical. Literally, if you meet somebody on an elevator, on the street, in a restaurant, um, you should be able to articulate, convey very succinctly what you want to do. Um, the other thing is a wrong attitude or approach uh, when networking. And Fanny, you and I have talked about this a lot. Me and the guys talk about it quite a bit, that uh, you should treat every interaction and engagement as a potential assessment, if you will. Mm. Um, you don't want to convey the sense of despair or negativity. 
I can't tell you how many times when I'm in a, a networking event back when we can actually uh, uh, yeah. meet in person uh, back in the old days, so to speak, um, where that that negativity, it's very palpable and you could feel it. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's difficult, easy for me to say. I've been in the position of, of looking for a job as well. And uh, it's just really important to go with a, a, a different attitude and approach. Uh, other things are like not updating your resume and your LinkedIn profile. You may think these are innocuous, but it's critically important for a hiring Because manager. it's so obvious. It I'll, obvious. I'll get candidates and they still have their old job. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. you gotta, you yeah. got to update it. And really, LinkedIn is really the primary place where most folks will look at the your background, your accolades, your accomplishments. Make sure you have that up to date, even if you're not looking. It's just it's just a good practice to keep uh, keep that updated. Um, th again, these last two are kind of innocuous, and you don't really think that it'll impact it. But you know, given the environment today, it makes a big difference. You know, uh, interviewing is a different uh, that nuance now. It's not in person, uh, yeah. and it's it's not even on the phone exclusively anymore. It's video. Yeah. And so uh, you need to set up a good interviewing environment. And, th and that's the background. That's the, the lighting. It's your camera. It's your microphone. All of those things you could you could invest under 100 bucks really to, to set up a nice uh, interviewing environment. That does impact because think about you're, you're uh, conveying your persona to someone that's not live, at least in person. And uh, that's that kind of technology should portray you in the best pardon the pun, the best light. So uh, think about that. Yeah. And last but not least, this is near and dear to your heart, Fanny, is not investing time and energy and thoughtfulness in your personal brand. Mm. Uh, you know, you have to Absolutely. set your own narrative out there uh, yeah. in the market, and it's critically important that you uh, 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 set a good personal brand. And that could be uh, yeah. by virtue of a podcast. It could be LinkedIn videos. It could yeah. be a blog. Do something to help differentiate yourself. And so some of the pieces of advice that I give is, is when you are in a, a, a series or a scenario of transformation, think of it in three different pillars. Uh, um, pillars of transformation is what I call it. It's behavioral and attitude. So that's number one. Number two is tactical. Number three is strategic. So something tactical, um, you know, have a clear message uh, that conveys how you want to be personified out there in the market and how when you are articulating your, your PVP or your elevator pitch, make sure that you're able to convey how you're going to impact the company and not just regurgitate a job description. Uh, behavioral, uh, go in, and you and I have talked about this, and the guys talk about it, uh, the three mm -hmm. of us all the time, go in with a servant attitude of how can I help you? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. A lot of times when I go to networking events, it's it's painfully clear that they just want the hookup. You know, can you hook me up <laughs> with this person? Yeah. Uh, if you go There's in, this attitude of taking, right? Instead yeah, of giving. Take, yeah. And uh, if you, you really should go in with a give, 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 because mm -hmm. the take, 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 and the give, give, give will be, I think you'll get the give uh, an exponential response, you know, when they reciprocate. Uh, reciprocate. So go in with a different attitude of, of more of a servant uh, leadership or servant attitude. Um, and and as, as far as networking goes, our friend, Seth McCauley, I always give a, a shout uh, out. Yes, Seth. Networking should be relationshiping. And he coined that term. I use it all the time. Uh, networking should be relationshiping. And that's developing true, genuine relationships that'll last you beyond your job search. And don't stop networking after you find a job. You should continuously build your network and go outside of your network as well. So if you're in HR, go, go to IT, go to sales, go to engineering, and vice versa. And then the, the last uh, thing we talked about, setting your own narrative. Um, 
I, I stepped out of my comfort zone by doing a podcast. I'm not naturally a, an interviewer and uh, I do a lot of public speaking, but certainly not in this. We just dynamic. like to talk, Sal. <laughs> I just like to talk, you know, for, for a while. But, uh, that's something you guys should think about. If you're out there, you really should differentiate yourself. There's what, 30 million people unemployed. Absolutely. You have to make sure that you are, um, uh, you stand out and that you differentiate yourself amongst your competition. Lots of cool ways to do it. Use Fanny. <laughs> you know, uh, thanks. But as um, as a guide, as a Sherpa to help you develop that kind of content. Video is powerful. And that's something that a lot of folks, uh, I don't think they take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, speaking of networking, like how did you three meet? Like Javier, how did you, I, I'm assuming you knew Rombi, but how did you meet Sal? And like, how did that come about, Javier? Oh, yeah, that's simple. So I, I met Rombi. Uh, what we met maybe fourteen soon yeah, after you, soon after you yeah we met through a uh, through a former player activity so now that's a really good story so I learned that uh, through my years in football and etc I learned that you could tell a lot about a player a teammate or another player by how they approach their workout. And there was a workout session. I think it was through the it was through the trust, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just and just uh, that was when we met. And just you know, Rombi speaks highly. He speaks uh, often about leadership development and about character. And those were the the traits that were the most readily uh, uh, seen when I met him. Right? He you know proven uh, a leader, tremendous character. So. He and I just developed a, a relationship, turned into a friendship, um, turned into a working relationship. We've done a, num a, a number of uh, different projects together. And uh, so my connection with Cell was completely through Rambi. Rambi, mm -hmm. uh, for, the, for the LinkedIn universe out there, Rambi, Brian is a very, a very good connector. So um, this relationship was born out of Rambi his relationship with Sal and his relationship with me, <clears throat> excuse me. And it just came together and, you know, doing some good things. Wow. I'm just looking at the comments here. I, right here. Uh, somebody, I played ball. I think this is, oh, Ryan Chapman. He played ball at Minnesota State. Truly miss it. I think, I now think of my career with ADP and how I can use the same way I prepared before and after games in my career today. So that's a really great segue actually to one of my questions is, you know, Rambi, like what have you seen as you go from the, the world of sports to the world of business? Like what similarities have you seen? I know you're, you're super passionate about leadership development. You know, what have you learned from your world of sports that, around leadership that has really helped you in your career now. And, and you're an executive coach now too. Yeah, so uh, I'll give another story. One year, it was 2012, I I got hurt for, my, for the first time in my career as a pro. And the guy behind me didn't know any other plays. Actually, he didn't play my position. They pulled him from another position. It was a receiver, for, but on the other side of the field. And we had an important game. 
uh, coming up that week. And uh, so he was having trouble in practice. So I took it upon myself to work with him before practice and work with him after practice and during practice to make sure he was prepared. And the coach came up to me at the end of the week and said, Ron B, that was something that you didn't have to do. But I told him that I did have to do it because you you never want to leave your position with someone worse. You want to be plug and play whenever in sports or in corporate America. So that's how I would translate in corporate America is if you're a leader, are you training people up? Are you preparing people to do their job the right way? And if you get promoted, is is there someone on your team that can take your place? So uh, football taught me that. It taught me how to be a good team player. And one of the mantras we had on our teams is just do your 111 and make sure that the next man knows what he's doing so you don't have to worry about that man's job and make sure that he's doing his job correctly. So that's one of the good leadership skills that I learned is like training people, making sure your job, you're doing your job, but also making sure the other person is prepared to do their job. Absolutely. We have a thank you. We have a comment from Clark White. He's saying an athlete's career would have spanned almost 30 years by the time their chronological age reaches 30. A lot of time growing up with that sport. Good points, Javier. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I guess that's true, right? By if you're starting in elementary school, basically, what time did mm -hmm. how old were you, Javier, when you started? Uh, I was six. Six. Mm -hmm. And then when did you finish football? Uh, and I was 28. Wow. Wow. No kidding about it defining your, your whole identity. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. No, it really becomes you. So the conversation when whenever, so we're talking about the similarities. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities between corporate um, environment and the corporate culture and sports. Well, with regarding athletes, there's a little bit of a distinction because of how much time and goes into that athletic career to, to give it a, a proper comparison. It's like uh, approaching a doctor who has gone through med school, gone through residency, gone through any, any of the other uh, preliminary hurdles that it takes to become a fully practicing doctor, let them practice for 15, 20 years, and then come to them and say, hey, uh, you can no longer practice. You can no longer be a doctor. You have to become something else now. It's a little dramatical, but that is the level of comparison when talking yeah. about high achieving athletes who, who, who reach the, the highest level in sports and then transform themselves into doing something else. So um, absolutely. Gosh. And the same thing. I mean, Sal, and speaking of transformations, right? Like, all these transformation that you see and you you've really leveraged that word right sal like we we use that word career transition a lot but you've transformed it to career transformation right and, and you formed a whole network around that right tell us tell us why you did decide to change it to that word and and why your network is so important to you and that uh that career search is so important to you Sure. Um, it was a year ago. So January of 2000, 
19, I was having a lot of conversations with uh, senior level execs, again, director level all the way to CHROs. They were all lamenting over the fact that um, they would go to sessions and really didn't get anything out of it. Great content, but they they needed something that they can kind of grasp their hands on and, and uh, kind of implement within their own search strategy. Um, and so in talking to folks, that's where I got the idea of, of changing the word to in transformation because it's more, again, more, I think, more uh, uh, positive. Um, but the intent was to help galvanize the HR community of senior level professionals uh, who are in transition. Uh, and I bring in subject matter experts from all different fields. I've had you talk about personal branding and leveraging video yeah. uh, to help them optimize their own strategy and the skills necessary for a successful journey. Um, of course, myself and HRQ would like to be part of, you know, uh, sourcing them for roles uh, of which our clients are looking to fill. Um, that's not always going to be, you know, re in reality, we don't have a job for everyone. Um, so from, from a philanthropic perspective and just me wanting to give and very much like what Rami and Javier is that we just have a giving spirit, uh, at least yes. help prepare, you know, just, uh, kind of that old adage of teach them how to fish. And it was very surprising. It was, it was, it was eye-opening. My first session had 10 people, um, a couple of CHROs in there. And I, the first question I asked was basically go around the room asking for them to do their elevator pitch. What do you want to do? Mm. You know, yeah. convey to the group, nine out of 10 of them just fumbled and they were all nervous. And they're saying, I'm Sally, you're making me nervous. And I'm like, I'm nobody. You're going to have to be, uh, you know, uh, interviewing with senior level folks. You might be have an uh, interview with a board member. So things like that kind of opened my eyes of some of these basic fundamental tenets of looking for a job. Um, you know, these these senior professionals, they've had their heads down and just kind of forgot to, to sharpen the skills yeah. that necessary to go on a job search. And yeah. a lot of times, too, we joke about it when we close the door. Again, when we were able to meet in person, we, we do these things virtually now. We close the door, it becomes Las Vegas. You know, what's said in there stays in there. <laughs> the the yeah. same is that there is strength and vulnerability. And that in order for help, for us to help each other, you have to be completely open with what your fears are. It's a safe place for people to lament over some of the challenges they have. And so they can exchange different uh, approaches, different mindsets. We're, gonna, we're talking about mindset of having having to prepare for a game like these guys do. Same yeah. thing with preparing for the game of looking for a job. It really becomes a job and it's, it's a mindset. And so Hopefully it has, I've had probably 10 of these since last May when we first uh, started hosting them, um, that it, it's sort of a, um, like a pledge class, if you will. Um, it's a tight knit group and uh, it, it does, I think, emotionally uplift a lot of folks because they're not alone. And I think that's important. We think about the, the logistical things of interviewing and, and getting your resume right, but you, you tend to forget about the emotional impact it has on people. And so, if anything, if, if we can impact them where they feel good about themselves and they feel that they're not alone, that, that's a win for me and, and for those that are participating. Yeah. And I think you touch on a very good point. Like so much of it, I think, is just letting people know that they're not alone, right? that yeah. there are others that are going through the same thing, that there are others with very similar backgrounds going through the same thing. And I know even for both of you, Javier and Rombi, like Javier, you're, you're very much involved with Athletes for Care, right? And you're giving back to the community. And tell us a bit about that organization and, and how you give back and, and what that organization is, their goal and purpose is. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, so first off, just with my own personal journey, mm. I realized that so many people uh, were were gracious enough to pour into me, and I got support from so many people that allowed me to continue on the journey that I took. So, when that journey uh, in that form was complete. Um, I felt uh, a calling, a need to do the same for someone else. So, um, so my involvement with athletes, athletes for Care is uh, was stemmed from my uh, experiences and my uh, challenges with maintaining my uh, healthy lifestyle with football. Football is a, uh, it's funny, a coach once said this to, to, to me and my teammates was that football is an unnatural activity. <laughs> it is uh, literally a game of attrition, right? And teams score yeah. by wearing down the other team, chunks of yards at, at a time, right? Yeah. So it takes... It takes a lot to maintain the, <laughs> Huge. the body, yeah, to yeah. sustain yeah. That, that kind of lifestyle. So uh, that's exactly what Athletes for Care uh, speaks towards and is uh, impacting uh, the, 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 the health and lives of athletes and others um, that is separate apart from the traditional mainstream protocols, which usually involve some form of an opioid-based uh, medicine or drug, whether it's a painkiller or anti-inflammatory or some, you know, eventual surgery. Uh, instead, it's about empowering and giving back and allowing athletes to thrive um, uh, mentally and physically. So, uh, yeah, so that was my, uh, I think my last involvement uh, on the last organization, so doing really big things. Uh, I'm really proud of what they've what they've accomplished in these few years. Uh, I started my involvement with them in 2018, 2017. So totally proud of what the organization has grown to, and and they and for anyone out there, they're uh, doing a big push now to uh, help youth sports. There it is. Yeah, save youth sports. Yeah. So if you've ever played youth sports or if you've ever watched a, a son or a niece or a nephew play youth sports, uh, check out Athletes for Care and consider uh, joining that push to save it. <clears throat> yeah, awesome. And that was athletesforcare.org, right? That's amazing how you guys continue to give back as well. And I know, Rambi, you're very much involved as well with the NFL Association, right? The Alumni Association. Tell us a bit about that, Rombi. Yeah, so the NFL Alumni Association is a membership uh, organization for uh, a nonprofit for former players, but it also has is a way that if you're not a former player, you can be a part of it as well. But I joined it, uh, I think Javier touched on it, Sal touched on it, I'm a connector. So we provide some resources to former players and, uh, and make connections if needed. And also 
we love doing things for kids. Uh, our mantra or whatever is caring for kids, as you can see. Yeah. Uh, we just done uh, the esports tournament here in Frisco with the uh, Complexity is a, a professional esports team. Mm. I think Jerry Jones is part owner of it. And we gave out $6,000 total in uh, scholarship money. It was six kids total. So we gave out $1,000 a piece to kids we raise money for them for a scholarship so uh so it's kind of like same thing javier said if it wasn't for the champions in my life and people that care for me growing up i wouldn't i wouldn't have made it mm. to the nfl so uh organizations like uh javier's organizations like the nfl alumni provided that for me especially with my background so that's the reason, the main reason I came became a part of the NFL alumni, and I help with many other nonprofits around. That's amazing. I mean, it. You guys. I mean, the the more I get to know you all, the more I, I'm just astounded by all that you guys do. You guys all have careers, and at the same time, you're giving back to the community. So involved with a variety of associations and organizations. Um, so thank you, thank you for all that you guys do. Really, um, and you. one of the reasons, absolutely, like, and one of the things that's that's always fascinated me is is like the mindset, right? Whether it's mindset for job search, just for life, for entrepreneurship, um, but especially for sports. Like, I, I'm a big wimp when it comes to pain. Okay, like I don't I don't like to be in pain. I'm like, if I I can't, I'm, I barely run and. But um, but you guys have taken, you know, Javier and Rambi, like you guys have taken your careers, your sports careers to to the ultimate level, right? The professional level. And like Javier, how do you, what kind of mindset you think is needed to get to that level of professionalism? Like to get to that, like when you're, where you're when you're in practices and every part of your body hurts and you still have another practice the next morning and you're still trying to push yourself further. Like what kind of mindset and what do you tell yourself as you go through those kind of things to get yourself better and stronger? Um, I'd love to know what, what thoughts go through your head to, to push yourself to that next level. Oh, that's easy. Just a lot of, uh, <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> Not for the general public. <laughs> No, in all seriousness, seriousness yeah. it, um, well, it starts at, you know, a fairly young age and it just starts as a habit um, on the uh, on the dope experience. What we talk about, one of the one of the principles we talk about is cash and uh, cash is an acronym that stands for uh, courage, authenticity, self-management and humility. And this concept is applicable to. Uh, uh, a brand transitioning. It is applicable to uh, uh, developing mental toughness. It is applicable to a wide uh, varieties of practices and approaches. But just the the foundational understanding is that it it starts with having some courage. And what what courage is uh, exactly is uh, courage is um, just showing up one more day, right? Mm. Not letting the situation run you away, yeah. right? Uh, 
showing up in spite of what yesterday looked like, in spite of how you feel about yesterday, every day just choosing to show up just one more time, mm -hmm. just one more time. In football, there's a saying that you're always a win away from happiness, right? Oh. I've played on some teams where uh, the the season or uh, the record really wasn't very or something to celebrate, but in those times when there was a win, it's like you thought the team would have won the AFC championship game or the NFC championship game, right? It it uh, always one went away from some happiness. So without practicing courage, you you cut yourself off from that. You cut yourself mm -hmm. off from that potential win that is coming up. And just briefly, and you know, your viewers can can check us out on the show as we go deeper. Yeah. It uh, it goes into authenticity, um, having the courage to be your authentic self in the moment, um, self management, not being uh, immune or not being opposed to having some external uh, critical or constructive feedback, and uh, le leaving with humility. And humility essentially is can be broken down is just knowing that um, wherever you are, wherever you see yourself, there's always someone who's not who has not quite yet reached your level, and there's always somebody who is you know far surpassed your level. And keeping that dynamic in context will will help keep you keep the individual on on the right track. So wow. applying that to mental toughness is just it becomes a habit. Right. Mm. So, some days you wake up and it's like, oh, looking in the mirror. Right. Rami remembers the accountability mirror. Right. You're looking in that mirror in the morning and it's like, what kind of day am I going to have? What's so, the accountability it, mirror? Well, anytime you uh, anytime that. Well, it's literally a mirror. Mm. Right. That you look into and. Uh, oh. We froze right at that critical point. <laughs> dun, 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 the suspense. <laughs> it becomes your accountability mirror because the person that, that you're looking at, I didn't say. Almost. We back? Almost. <laughs> Not quite. There we go. Unfrozen. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Accountability mirror. mirror. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you, uh, the person that you're looking at in the mirror is the person who controls your outcome. So, mm. so that's, uh, you know, wow. that's going through attitude. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, just not being afraid of looking at that mirror every morning and just going out and just doing a little bit better. Oh my gosh. That, that gives me like goosebumps when you say that. And, mm -hmm. and I think it applies to everyone, whether you're about to get on the field or you wake up that morning and you're about to start your job search and start your, your fresh day. Um, yeah. Cash, courage, authenticity, self-management and humility. It's beautiful. And for you, Rombi, like when you, did you have certain kind of mindset rituals or, you know, whether we're going, we're about to go into an interview or about to go on to the field, like, do you have like a certain ritual that you go through to prepare mentally for a game? Yes, I had a, a, a ritual that I went through uh, before a game and it really it was a playlist. 
and I made sure Phil Collins was on there, <laughs> in the air. <laughs> that was played. Probably. Why don't you sing a little bit for us? Like I, oh, no, I'm not I totally think, sure what song that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna embarrass myself, but yeah, <laughs> feel it in the air. I made sure I listened to that, and then the night before the game, I went through the playbook. I went through our script and every play that we were gonna run because, uh, you know. A lot of mental toughness is just in everything is being prepared, prepar preparation. And, you know, they say practice is the mother of skill. So if you practice and you've done everything that you needed to be, you're going to be comfortable when you put yourself in that situation. So uh, I always made sure I was prepared when I got out there on the field. And that's one that, that was the ritual for me is just going through the playbook and then I just have me a cool little playlist and going through my notes and whatever the case may be whenever it came to a game. And I pretty much do the same thing now. We When we speak, our shows, I'm preparing, I'm reading over notes. Uh, when we go get speeches, I'm preparing, I'm uh, recording myself on video. I mean, before this, <laughs> I was prepared. I, I done a mindful exercise and just to calm your nerves love it love it there you go there's your there's your new acronym the three p's what was the three p's be prepared uh, a play playlist <laughs> and a playbook <laughs> <laughs> you have a new new acronym <laughs> that's good yes that's dope and that that's dope <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even for for job search, right, Sal? Right? There's there's almost like, I mean, I always hear your your job um, every day. You wake up and your job is to find a job, right? Yes. During job search, um, what are some of your advice around mental mindsets and shifts that are needed every morning when you go attack that job search? Uh, Rami listens to Phil Collins. I, I get up and listen to some Tom Jones and uh, do the Carlton. It's not unusual. That's how I start my day typically. Nice. Yeah, that's not <laughs> um, A little dance. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, just uh, routine is critical. So uh, in the context of people who are looking for a new career, new job, get dressed. I mean, that seems kind of uh, basic, but as if you're going to work, I think it sets your, 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 me your mental preparedness uh, in the morning. And I always feel like how you dress, how you act, how you say things impacts the persona that is formulated by the people you meet and the people you uh, engage with. Uh, you definitely exude how you feel. So it's important really to stop, as we talked about your emotional wellness, if you need to recalibrate, if you're tired, if you're mentally just out of it, you know, stop, recalibrate, recalibrate, you know, go in fresh, take some time off. You know, it's, it's okay to take some time off in your job search. I think the, the folks that I've spoken with, they have gone, you know, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and they don't give a break. I think it's extremely important to be emotionally well uh, and, and uh, be mindful of your emotional wellness. Uh, like I said, negative energy is, is very palpable. What I tell folks whenever I speak to them, really embrace the challenge and look at this not as a transition from one job to another, but rather a transformation of your life and taking advantage of a new and exciting mm. path. Yes. So it's easy for me to say, uh, to, to tell somebody to feel that way. But oftentimes, uh, you know, the, the best things in life are born through adversity. And so it just makes it that much more gratifying when you find that that next role. So 
Um, instead of being afraid of it, oh, I've got to do this job search, just kind of embrace it as an opportunity to, to, to find something that uh, will make you the best version of yourself. Oh, I love it. And we're getting tons of comments. And, and I knew it would because it's just, I think at the end of the day, really, right? It's, it's all comes down to mindset. Ryan mainly, hey, Ryan. He says, Marines say you don't rise to an occasion. You sink to your level of preparation and training, just like you, Rambi. Yes, Ryan. Yeah, I like um, Ryan. Yeah, you guys connect. He, so Ryan actually is one of my clients, and he also went from sports to business. So he played professional golf, and now he's in the realm of sales coaching and uh, leadership development as well. So a lot of similarities. Y'all, y'all should hook up. <laughs> yeah, definitely, I can bring them as a ringer. Uh, these golf tournaments. We oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go, Ryan. <laughs> and uh, we have here one of the LinkedIn users. When I started to develop my mindset, I turned to athletes to learn from them. They have that mindset that all of us would benefit from developing. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Someone said, love me some Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then accountability mirror. Yes, the person who controls your outcome. I love that, Javier. That was a great one. And then, hey, hey. oh, you all have to uh, hop on the Who You Know show. Sal, are you going to set that up? <laughs> Trevor. Look at that, Trevor Houston in the house. <laughs> the who you know, for those of you that are in job search, quick plug for Trevor Houston, Mark Elder, and Foster Williams. They are with the Who You Know Job Networking Show every Wednesdays at 3. They have an awesome show that helps people with their career transitions and interviews a variety of experts. So, Trevor, you need to have these three on your show. <laughs> yeah, I know Trevor right here. There you go. Oh, yeah. Up, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then Mike Rochelle, certainly the transition, Javier and Rumbi, certainly the transition for you guys was tough. Can you authentically share what that was like and how you transitioned to the professional men you are today? Very similar to losing a job for the seekers. Yes. Mike, we, you came in late, Mike. <laughs> we talked all about that. But, um, but I actually, maybe just to, to add on to that though, right? Like any kind of additional advice you would have for, for job seekers, Javier, at this point right now with so much, so much job loss, um, if you were to give one piece of advice that you think a lot of job seekers will benefit from in, in making that transition and, and getting through the day of having lost their jobs. Um, I assume very similar to when, you know, when, when your professional career um, in sports ended, right? How do you get through that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that is a very tough time to deal with. I've, I've been there. Um, I'm sure Rambi and, and Sal have both had their um, unique experiences with that. Um, so, yeah, just... I guess the, the biggest piece of advice would be to just not, just, just to continue, right? To not um, allow yourself, well, be, be uh, forgiving for yourself, mm. but don't allow yourself to, to, to stop pursuing, right? That's like what's gonna run the, the engine. As far as like things you can do, uh, mm. think about diversifying. 
right? We 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 mm. talked we talked yeah. on uh, before the show about how there was an article about uh, some IG account that had been doing memes for years just got a uh, a Warner Music just uh, dropped like eighty five million, I think. So. Yeah. That's that's some sizable stuff. So we are in the age of social media, which means that everyone who's listening, and even those who aren't listening, like your brand and and your voice are one and the same. So yeah. if you if you want to continue the job search traditionally, there's a formula and a pathway for that, which Sal mm -hmm. uh, very eloquently spoke to earlier. Uh, also, there are other routes that you can take, leveraging platforms like LinkedIn leveraging other social media platforms to distinguish yourself and establish your own brand and, and, and speak yeah. to the own injustices that you see in the world, right? God mm -hmm. God knows there's enough injustices in the world, yes. right? So we could all speak to something. So that would be yeah. my best advice. Yeah. What about you, Rombi? Uh, Sal, kinda... Sal made a good point earlier uh, when he said continue to network. And that's one thing I would I wish I would have done playing football and I'm doing now. Uh, my mentor told me when he first made it to the NFL, he had an older guy tell him to make friends outside of this locker room, outside of these yeah. four walls, continue to make friends. Yeah. And uh, people that's working at jobs now, you can do that. Go make friends with people outside of their organization. And if when it happens, controller controllables, you're not a failure. This is just a moment mm -hmm. in your life. So don't don't let it get get you down and controller controllables. Control what you can control. Get out there. Connect with people like Fanny, Sal, Trevor. Yeah. Those people, they've been doing it for a while and, uh, you know, continue the job search. Absolutely. What about you, Sal? Final advice. They kind of stole my thunder, but I think the big, <laughs> no. the big thing often people forget, and I see a lot of people who are prideful, don't be afraid to ask for help, you know, and, and reach out to either your family, your friends, your network. And again, just to underscore the importance of having a network. But uh, if you have the financial wherewithal and you're, you know, I think uh, the greatest leaders are also probably uh, the, the better, even better followers and students. And sometimes you need a Sherpa to guide you, especially in this kind of uh, environment that we're all in, to get a fresh perspective on what you're doing, what you're not doing. Uh, yeah. Go look for an executive leadership coach. Uh, yeah. That's kind of the reason why the three of us got together. Uh, on a side note, that's how our, this this uh, relationship was galvanized, was the thought of leveraging these guys as executive leadership coaches to offer mm. to my clients. So don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, there's yeah. some research strategists out there that uh, – and a lot of them are willing to do the, the first few sessions for free uh, because of what's going on. They, they genuinely just want to help. And so I think if there's one thing that we haven't talked about already is don't be afraid to ask for guidance. Mm. Yes. For yes, change. indeed. And we're I mean, we're actually very lucky being in the Dallas Fort Worth area. There are so many career resources, a lot of it from our, our mutual friend, Foster Williams and Mark Elder and, and uh Trevor, right? There's a career search network. There's one in South Lake, one in Frisco. So for those of you out there, definitely connect with Foster Williams as well. Great resources out there. Um, and I want to kind of give a huge plug 
for your upcoming dope podcast drop. Yes, thank you. <laughs> right? Tell us, tell, tell my audience about this because I think you guys out there, you can tell, right? These are great guys, great givers, great servant leaders, lots of wisdom and lessons to be learned through from their careers. And they just recently launched the, or next week, the dope podcast, Developing One's Perspective Every Day. And you can find them on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. But uh, Javier, what what really motivates you to to do this bot podcast? Well, this uh, on the show we we uh, we're lucky. We have this uh, group amongst the three of us, right? We each have our own very uniquely creative perspective on life and business, and we sort of come together and have these really interesting conversations. And we have awesome guests such as yourself who come on and share their perspective yeah. about all things transitioning, or as we describe transforming. Our conversations are about transformations, um, especially in the time that we're living in now, where we all, all of us, everyone listening and everyone not listening has experienced the greatest transformation that we've known. So this is the right time to start having these conversations and people to start tapping into resources on how and what they can use to impact their own transformations, life transformations, business transformations. So we really try to um, tackle the entire, the entire conversation from, as I said, three very uh, interesting perspectives. <clears throat> Absolutely. Rambi, what motivates you for the mo podcast? What drives you to do it? Uh, everything uh, Javier said, and I wish it was something when I transitioned, I, I wish it was something out there like that, mm -hmm. where it was a group of guys that had a network that I can plug into to help me with my transition. And that's what we have with the show. People can go in and listen to the show or they can connect with yeah. uh, one of us to help them prepare. I hope you didn't hear that. To help them prepare for their transition. And uh, that's why I do it, because I want to I don't want the next guy behind me to fall behind. Like uh, Jay-Z said, Hove did this. So hopefully you don't have to go through this. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words, <laughs> wise words. <laughs> what else did Jay Z say? Dirt off my shoulder. It's just yeah. My shoulder. <laughs> yeah, but I just don't want any other guy yeah. that you know. The transition was tough for me, mm. and I think that's one thing we lack is is a network or connections or a perspective that uh, a lot of guys don't have while they're playing. Yeah. What about you, Sal? What does the dope podcast mean to you? When, when they asked me to, to join, it was uh, obviously the, we've known each other for over a year now. And just by talking with them uh, and hanging out with them, having lunch, you know, we're all inherently built to help people, just yeah. our personalities. And, and yeah. we found that our views and our conversations were cathartic for us. Mm. And, uh, we wanted to offer. We're not alone. Right. Yeah, that no, sense of belonging. Right. And just learning from their perspective and their experiences and their background, it really opened my eyes and hopefully it, it mine has for them as well. Uh, but we wanted a platform where conversations could, you know, potentially inspire, 
uh, motivate and or spark meaningful transformation, mm -hmm. especially now during these divisive and vitriolic times. I mean, yeah. when we talked about doing something like this, it was really the beginning of COVID and it's, it's evolved into something that shouldn't. Yeah. And um, we're hoping yeah. that our perspectives, we, we try to stay away from provocative topics, but you know, our, our first topic was um, code switching. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, it, it can be a um, provocative and awkward conversation, but as our guest Randy Wilson said, it's it's a necessary uh, conversation topic to uh, to discuss. Yeah. So uh, we go pretty deep in, in, in some different topics. A lot of it is fun, uh, but a lot of it does touch upon the the applicability of what these guys uh, experienced mm -hmm. uh, in sports and their transformation into into what we call civilian life. You know, life like mine. Uh, never was a professional athlete. So it, it my perspective is uh, they ask what, what I think of it, what their experiences were uh, and how it applies to business. And then I also, when I talk to business folks, a lot of them often use sports analogies. And so I mm -hmm. said, what perfect, perfect marriage of perspective and uh, a great way to just to uh, convey that and then propel that into the market. Absolutely. I mean, the, the beauty is in the diversity, right? The beauty is in the diversity of thought, diversity of culture, diversity of points, right? And, and that look, brings look at empathy. us, <laughs> you know. And that, I mean, and, that, and that brings empathy, and that's yes. what a lot of people lack. Understanding other people's perspective it brings empathy, and that's one thing that's needed in today's climate, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely, and understanding. Yes. And being okay with disagreeing. <laughs> I just want to slip that in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh, guys. Like, we are, yeah, Clark White was saying, a very needed conversation hitting all the points. Yes. And it is definitely a bridge builder. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I mean, time flies when you're having fun and learning, right? <laughs> I am so thankful to you all and thank you, thankful for all these perspectives that you shared. Um, it just goes to show everyone, like I met, I think I first met Craig Fisher and Craig Fisher had a recruiting conference where I met Sal and Sal and I got into great conversations and kept in touch. And then Sal invited me to his HRQ transformation network. And then from there this year, Sal introduced me to Javier and Rombi when you guys developed this dope podcast. And here we are now on LinkedIn Live and Facebook Live, right? So to all your points, a diversify, network, ask for help. There's this huge, wonderful community out here. And it's just a matter of, of reaching out. So I want to thank you all. And a big thing that I really enjoy doing is just asking, practicing gratitude, right? Um, Javier, like, what, what are you grateful for right now as we kind of wind down the show? You know, what are you grateful for in your life right now and during this pandemic? What are some of your thoughts? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am grateful for uh, my family. I have a, a very awesome family. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I was given today to go out into the world and mm. take another step forward. Mm. And I'm grateful for, for knowing these two gentlemen here. 
it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor uh, working with Sal and Robbie. And I'm just so optimistic about what the future is looking like. And I'm great, very grateful for being a, a show, uh, a guest on your show here, Fanny. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Absolutely. You guys blew up the comments. <laughs> Sal, what are you grateful for right now? Uh, mirror what Javier said. I'm, I'm grateful for my wonderful wife that puts up with me. I've, I've worked at home for since 2006, so she, she really can't ever get rid of me. So uh, um, I'm, I'm grateful for my family, of course. I, I miss them dearly. I haven't seen them since March in person, but mm -hmm. uh, we connect uh, on video uh, almost nightly, so that's nice. Uh, and, and like Javier, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to help people who are in a very vulnerable position right now. Very challenging. Uh, I'm totally empathetic to, to uh, Robbie's uh, point. Uh, I'm totally empathetic to people's plight right now. And uh, I'm always honored to be part of one's journey and transformation, however little that might be. It could be uh, motivational to them. It could be, hey, you should use this uh, vanity light that I use for videos. Whatever that might be, however small, it's it's nice to be part of that uh, positive transfer transformation for someone. So very thankful also for having you uh, having us uh, on your mm -hmm. show. For you uh, also uh, conveying your expertise on our show. So uh, thank you very much for the friendship and support. Win win, right? That, that's always striving for win win. And Rombi, what about you? I mean, I hate going last because they said everything I'm grateful for. <laughs> But yeah, like they said, the family, these two guys, and uh, throw a little curveball. I'm grateful for all the trials Phil and Collins. Huh? You're grateful for Phil Collins. Uh, Phil Collins, yeah. But all the trials and tribulations I went through because I would we wouldn't I wouldn't have the stories I have now to help others if it wasn't for those. Absolutely. So uh, everything they said, my family, and grateful to be on this show. Thank you. Thank you all. And everyone out there, please connect with all of them. Um, you can find all of them on LinkedIn, Javier Collins, Rombi Bryant, Sal Vergara. Amazing guys, very giving spirit. And um, as I close out the show, I just wanted to thank you all. Uh, if you could just Stay tuned, stay there for just a little bit as I announce a few upcoming events. And uh, as you all know, I'm with the Association of Business Technology Professionals. And on August the 25th, next Tuesday, we have Robert Hunt, uh, CEO, peer group, and as well owner of Renaissance Executive Forums and DFW. He will be talking about building a culture of accountability. So it will be virtual. You can also find it on my LinkedIn Live on August 25th at 6 p.m. And then next week, I'm going to be talking to Sarah McMullen, who I also met at a recruiting conference. And I really enjoyed her talk. She talks, she's a disability consultant. And um, she talks all about how we can make sure that our content, our communications, all our presentations, how we communicate can be accessible to all and methods around that. So definitely tune in. Uh, actually, that date is wrong. It's not August 20th. It's next Thursday. Tune in next Thursday for my show with Sarah. And as I close out, I want to thank all of you and to you my amazing audience. 
I just want to remind you to shine your light. And as they all said, have courage, find your voice, share your message, share your value, and share it with the world through video. And let's spread some positivity, hope, and inspiration. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Javier, Sal, Rombi. I'm so, so grateful. And um, let's keep on doing this and, and spreading this wonderful, amazing inspiration and positivity. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Thank you.